Hi, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, February 3rd, 2020. I'm in the midst of a blizzard like you would not believe. Um, <laughs> so if, uh, if suddenly the power goes out and I disappear, do not fret. Uh, there is a bad, bad storm uh, where I'm at. Now, I have some house cleaning to take care of and then we'll get to today's story which i think you're going to find kind of interesting uh our next vid chat is a week from tomorrow on february 11th and folks these are going to be short format vid chats they will last about three hours um due to the obvious uh strain on the ticker uh, these will be the format where you send in your questions and comments right in the comments area. Now, you can't do that yet because I have not posted the vid chat. That will not post uh, until probably next uh, week or possibly this weekend. Once it is posted, then you can put your comments and questions. Please remember to keep them short. This is the short format vid chat, and, of course, it's all dependent on uh, how I feel and um, my energy level and so on. Uh, on the on the heart front, I have not yet started my rehab. I was supposed to do that this last week. And uh, <clears throat> as you can tell, my voice is still recovering. Um, the storm kind of ruined all that, so I'm starting the rehab next week. So let's get to this story. A lot of you saw this story and sent it to me, and I know why. Uh, and I'm using the Russian Sputnik version of the story, which is very revealing, uh, as the Russians can sometimes be. And I want you to put this into two contexts as you're listening to this. The first context is I've been warning for some time about the privatization, commercialization, <clears throat> pardon me, and weaponization of space. And that's context number one that I want you to listen to this. Context number two is as technology develops, so inevitably will the ability to have this technology fall into piratical hands. In other words, piracy, space piracy. So as you listen to this, think of the development of the technology needed for both of these things. <clears throat> the article is in Sputnik, and it's titled, Chinese Satellite Reportedly Grappled Moved Another Spacecraft Away from Orbit. And I'm going to read virtually this whole article to you. I want you to listen very, very carefully because what the Chinese have just done is demonstrate a technological capability not only for the weaponization of space but also for some nifty space piracy and put all of this into the context of Mr. Globaloni's desire to move everything in terms of financial clearing into the cloud and have everybody on a digital currency. Think of this technology in those contexts 
and uh, watch my blogs very carefully next week because West Virginia is yet another U.S. state that is now joining the recognition, states recognizing gold and silver bullion as legal tender. Okay, so in other words, as Mr. Globaloni is pushing for the great digital reset, more and more states are going bullion, physical medium of anonymous exchange and transaction. Okay, so here we go. Chinese satellite reportedly grappled and moved another spacecraft away from orbit. The event was discussed as part of a webinar on managing the risks of satellite close approaches in geostationary orbit hosted by the Center for Strategic and International Studies and the Secure World Foundation earlier this week. Last week, and this is datelined, by the way, uh, January 29th of this year, so last week, China reportedly demonstrated yet another advancement in space-based technology and capabilities as an analytics firm claimed to have seen a satellite grab one, another one, and yank it from its orbit. According to a breaking defense report event, uh, on the event, China's Xinjiang-21 satellite, or SJ-21, vanished from view on January 22nd and resurfaced while performing a large maneuver to approach a dead Beidou navigation system satellite. The SJ-21 then yanked the Beidou from its orbit and deposited it in a graveyard orbit a few hundred kilometers away, where it is unlikely to interact with or collide with live satellites. So in other words, we're just moving it, okay? Now, if you can move it where it's unlikely to collide with other satellites, you can move a satellite where it's likely to collide with another satellite. And in that respect, I want you to remember that story a few years ago where a Russian and American satellite collided with each other. Now, here's the thing. At the time, no, neither country acknowledged that it was trying to target each other's satellites. So, in other words, someone moved one of those two countries' satellites into a position where it would collide with the other. Okay? So, in other words, this technology can be used, like all technologies, for good or ill. Continuing. Graveyard orbit is typically classified as 300 kilometers above geostationary orbit or around 36,000 kilometers above the ground. The information was reportedly presented by Brian Flewelling, chief architect for the Space Situational Awareness as Exoanalytic Solutions, who showed footage from the event. Skipping a paragraph, the latest tracking data acquired earlier this week from Exoanalytics telescopes shows the SJ-21 separating from the Beidou, leaving the latter in the eccentric super graveyard drift orbit, Flewelling told the outlet at the event. And please note, folks, this is a private company tracking a Chinese military satellite doing all of this. Isn't this great? I love it. To continue, quote, what we know for sure 
is what we can observe by its actions in space, the intent behind it, and what China plans to do with this technology is a more subjective assessment, unquote, he added. Continuing, <clears throat> the SJ-21 was reportedly supposed to, quote, test and verify space debris mitigation technologies, unquote, but the ability to shift satellites around signifies that China has alarming capabilities for orbital manipulation of other nations' satellites, according to American experts. And the final paragraph here, folks, the piece de resistance, the cherry on the Sunday. You're going to love this. Quote, an OSAM-capable vehicle may ultimately be equipped with a 3D printer to generate new pieces for production in space, allowing space vehicles to achieve remarkable capabilities. The U.S. reportedly intends to launch a servicer satellite in 2025. So in other words, 3D printers, yes, we can print up a little space debris of our own. Now, folks, what this means quite literally is not only, as this article points out, can they adjust orbits of satellites, but they can configure other nations' satellites' orbits and literally move things around. So, in other words, this is bad news for Mr. Globaloney, who wants to put all that financial clearing and digital uh, currency management up there in space in the cloud because all of that is vulnerable to nations. And please note, a private company with the tracking facilities to watch all these satellites, it puts all of that at tremendous risk. So Mr. Global, yeah, self-repairing killer space drones. Harry Honkinen said that, yeah, in the chat room, yeah. Exactly. So in other words, this is bad news for Mr. Globaloney. And let's remember, if you go all the way back to the Brookings Report, the Brookings Report talked about the coming era in the 1950s of communication satellites and how they would be used for what? Financial clearing. So thus far, most financial clearing is still taking place not only by satellite, but by cable. So... Um, <clears throat> And that's an, another interesting story, because if you've been following yet another story, Norway's cables have been conveniently sliced and diced recently. So <laughs> here we go, folks. Um, this, this is going to be an interesting story to watch. The new space race is on for grab, snab, and move. <laughs> move satellites. So if your television, if your satellite television suddenly goes out, for the moment, you can blame China <laughs> because they might be moving satellites around. Anyway, piled on top of it. 